us, my Lord. Up from the grave he arose, with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. Amen. Great singing today. I think it's important to remind ourselves, obviously, of this song, but I think also of the uh, empirical proofs that we have of the resurrection. I'm sure uh, Brother Jim will talk about some of those today, how the Roman crucifixion took place and how you know, you see, you hear all sorts of people today talk about, oh, well, you know, he didn't really die. Maybe he swooned. Maybe his disciples made it up. But you look at all the, the evidence that points to Christ's death, that he actually did die and his resurrection, and it's, it's insurmountable. So not only can we believe because he lives in our heart, but uh, we can have that faith backed up also by just the evidence that we see uh, all throughout history and through Scripture and, uh, and just the uh, tremendous impact that Christianity had in the early centuries after Christ's death. Anyway, with that being said, let's go ahead and turn our hand out here, and we'll actually read about the text recorded in the book of Luke. The topic is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and a quote from Charles Spurgeon. We have often asserted, and we affirm it yet again, that no fact in history is better attested than the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It must not be denied by any who are willing to pay the slightest respect to the testimony of their fellow men, that Jesus, who died upon the cross and was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, did literally rise again from the dead. Our text today is Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 11. Verse 1. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulchre, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulchre, and they entered in, and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid, and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words, and returned from the sepulchre, and told all these things unto the eleven, and to all the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene, and Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Thank you, Jacob. What a beautiful Easter day we have today. And these are glorious texts that the Bible shares with us. Actually, all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, speak to Christ's resurrection. It is the greatest event in history. Paul points out that if Jesus indeed did not rise from the dead, we of all people are most miserable. But Jesus did rise from the dead. 
And the reason he rose from the dead was to provide us the means and the access into heaven. And it's through simple faith that Jesus indeed 2,000 years ago did rise from the dead. Today we're going to look a closer look at this. We're going to look primarily as Jacob read from the Gospel of Luke chapter 24, but we're also going to draw a few verses from the other Gospels that complement this text passage. Let's pray. Jesus, we want to thank you today as we commemorate Easter Sunday morning when you took the keys of hell and death and you proved through the holiness of your Holy Spirit that you are God. Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for all of our sins. And it's a plan of salvation, Lord. We don't understand it, where you gave your only begotten Son, that you so loved us, that Jesus, you were willing to go to the cross and bear the iniquity for our sins. And Holy Spirit, that you're here with us today. What a glorious presence you have when we're saved to live within us, that our body actually becomes a temple of your Holy Spirit. There are many people around the world who have not heard the simple gospel message, this death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus, that you would give us opportunities that more people would come into the kingdom. Perhaps even today, we might be able to share with friends or family the great free gift of eternal life that you have given us. And Lord, I'd ask that you bless each one of the senior saints that are here today. Give them good health, but most importantly, Lord, let your presence be felt today as we honor you on your resurrection ceremony and blessing. We love you, God. Amen. Today's title for the lesson is The Resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're going to look briefly at four points today. The first point is God's glorious victory over sin and death. The second point is faith is the evidence of things not seen. The third point today will be the believer's confident hope. And the fourth point will be without faith, it is impossible to please God. Most of us are familiar with the setting of how Jesus went through the Passion Week, how he went to the cross, and how he literally gave everything that he has. He had no possessions left. They even took his garments and divided his coat. He gave up all of his energy. And even when they put the spear in him, the evidence of the water mixed with the blood is physically a broken heart. Jesus gave everything that he had for us, his children. The reason he did that was to give us eternal life. But we can't go to heaven without having a faith that Jesus is God. And we have to honor him and receive him and live for him. And we have to repent of any sins that we have. We cannot live in a lifestyle of sin and expect to go to heaven. They don't go together. So let's look at this first point today. God's glorious victory over sin and death. And you'll note at the top of that, these are the parallel passages 
that discuss the resurrection. It's in Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 to 8. The Gospel of Mark 16, 1 through 11, which we're going to look at today. And then John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. And we're going to occasionally pull one of the verses here and there to complement what we're looking at in the Gospel of Luke. Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came out to the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. The people who came to Jesus' grave on Easter Sunday morning were all women. The men, they were, I guess, in hiding. And it speaks to sometimes women having more courage than men. Really, it speaks to their love for Christ. We see these same ladies viewing Jesus' crucifixion from afar off. And now, early in the morning, they come really to add spices to embalm his body to slow down the deterioration. Jesus did not experience any deterioration because there was no sin in him. Jesus had no sin. However, these ladies were showing out of respect and love a desire to do this for him. If we look at Mark 16, 9, now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And when you read the Gospels side by side, it almost appears that Mary Magdalene came to the tomb first by herself. This verse says Jesus appeared first to Mary Magdalene. That's an amazing statement in itself. He didn't go meet his apostles. He met a lady who was demon-possessed that had seven devils, and she had done many wicked and vile things, and yet the Lord appeared to her first. God's love for the sinner is manifested by whom was allowed first the privilege of seeing him on resurrection morning. It's also the first day of the week. That is why we celebrate services on Sunday and not on Saturday. You might wonder why she had such a strong love for Jesus. Luke 7:47 gives us a glimpse. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, the leaders of the Jews, they didn't love Jesus. And they had no sins forgiven. The bigger our wages and burden of sin in our life, and once that burden and wage is released, the more we're going to love Jesus. Matthew 21, 32. Jesus is speaking here about why John came. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and you believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him. And you, when you have seen it, repented not afterward that you might believe him. John's message when he introduced Jesus, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John was a burden to them because he was pointing out their sin. And then when Jesus 
was saving the publicans and the harlots, they also cast aspersions at him. You couldn't satisfy the leaders of the Jews. They always had something, they always had an issue with the way Christ was serving the lost. Luke 24, verse 2. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. So at some point, Mary Magdalene joins these other women. And now they're together at the tomb. But look, they found the stone was rolled away. This was a massive stone. And as we're going to find out, it was a protected stone. Matthew chapter 27, verse 65 and 66. This is after Jesus had gone to the cross. Pilate said unto them, You have a watch. Go your way. Make it sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. The Jewish leaders went to Pilate and they said, You know what? If we don't put a seal on that stone, somebody will take his body and say he was resurrected. So Pilate said, okay, you go seal that stone and you can even set a watch. Now we don't know if they were Roman soldiers that were guarding the tomb or perhaps guardsmen from the synagogue, from the, the Jewish leaders would have assigned themselves. It really doesn't matter. What the world had done is they were putting a guard there and God defeated it. Let's look at Matthew 28 too. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Can you imagine the fright that these guards had when this angel came down from heaven and rolled this massive stone away? Now we're also going to see there's a number of angels that are present. Here we have one angel who's rolling away the stone. Matthew 28, 3 and 4, the next two verses. Speaking of this angel, his countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. These guards were so frightened at the sight of this angel, they were like dead men. They were afraid to even move. Let's look at Luke 24, verse 3. This is back speaking to the women. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. So in this group, Mary Magdalene, she never goes into the tomb. She only looks into the tomb. And the tomb would not be that large. It would perhaps be half the size of this room. So it would not be very large to look into. But the other women, it says, they entered in, but they did not find Jesus' body. Now, they were experiencing the very gospel of Christ. They went to see the body, put the spices to it, but it's missing. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 and 4, Paul explains what the gospel is. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. This was the third day and Jesus, according to the scriptures, rose again from the dead. 
1 Corinthians 15, 5 and 6, the next two verses. And that he was seen of Cephas, that's Peter, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of about 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present time, but some are fallen asleep. Paul is going back perhaps 25 or 30 years to Jesus' resurrection, and he's saying Jesus appeared to all of these people. This is speaking to the evidence that Jacob was referencing. If you look at the history, Jesus, it's irrefutable that he rose from the dead. In fact, there was an attorney many years ago, Josh McDowell, he was an atheist, an unbeliever, and he was getting a little tired of people telling him about the story of Jesus. So he said, what I'm going to do is examine the evidence and determine from a court of law point of view if the evidence supports that Jesus actually rose from the dead. And he wrote a book called The Evidence Demands a Verdict. And through that process of studying the history, he became saved. Paul here is saying that Jesus appeared to many people, and in one occasion there was above 500 people living that heard Jesus and saw him. Because this is 25 or 30 years later, some of those people have passed and have gone into eternity, as Paul is referencing what had happened several years before. He says some of them have fallen asleep, but the greater part still remain as he's speaking these words. There were many eyewitnesses to Jesus. And just think logically. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, why would these people be willing to die for a lie? That doesn't make any sense. Romans 8, verse 11 but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. The spirit that raised Jesus was his Holy Spirit. Once we're saved, the Holy Spirit lives in us. And this verse says, if the Holy Spirit is living in you, when you pass, when you die, that spirit will quicken your mortal body and you will also be resurrected unto eternal life. Everybody will be resurrected, but the second resurrection is for the damned into the lake of fire. Let's look at the second point today. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Things that we can see doesn't take much faith to believe it's in front of you. The things we can't see require faith. Luke 24 verse 4, and it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. So the ladies that went to add the spices, they're perplexed. They're wondering why is his body missing? Perhaps they're thinking somebody took it. But now they see there's two men standing by them in shining garments. These two are angels. Now, we don't know if one of these angels was the one that was sitting on the rock and now he comes down. But there's two angels referenced 
in this verse. Mark 16, verse 5. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in long white garment, and they were frightened. This is the Gospel of Mark saying, these ladies, not Mary Magdalene, the other ladies, they went into the tomb. And it says, they saw a young man, this is another angel, on the right side. And remember, the garments, the death garments, the burial garments, they were laying there. And we're going to see from another gospel, there was one on the right and one on the left. One at the head and one at the foot of where Jesus' body was. But it's no longer there. Now these women, they're frightened. Just like the guards were frightened when that angel appeared after the earthquake and rolled the stone away. And if we look in the gospel, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, anytime anyone is in the presence of God or a holy angel, the first reaction is fright. These are mighty beings. And yet one day they will serve us in the kingdom. Top of page three. John chapter 20, verse 11 and 12. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. So this verse makes it very clear. Mary Magdalene was outside, but she looked in, and she sees two angels in white, one at the head, and one at the foot where the body would have been. When we study scriptures, many times Jesus has two angels that appear. Do you remember when Jesus went to see Abraham and Sarah before Isaac was born and Sarah was beyond age? There were two angels with him. And Jesus said, this time next year, Sarah, you're going to have a baby. And she was in the tent and she laughed within herself. Those two angels, they went on to Sodom and Gomorrah. And the next day, God rained down fire and brimstone and destroyed those towns. But God sent two angels. So a pair. And do you know God tells us when we go witness, we should always go with somebody else? When Jesus sent his disciples out, he sent them two by two. And that's a pattern for witnessing. Acts 1.10, here's another example of angels. This is where Jesus goes into heaven. This is the ascension. After he had walked 40 days from his resurrection day, he ascends into heaven. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, these are the people on the ground, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Here's another two angels. And they speak and say, why are you looking up into heaven? Well, I think all of us would. But then it was for them to start apostolizing and winning disciples for Christ. Luke chapter 24, verse 5, speaking of the women. And they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth. The angel said unto them, Why seek you the living among the dead? Sepulchers are for dead bodies. 
And the angels are saying to these ladies, why are you seeking the living? Jesus is alive among the dead. Praise God. He is alive. 1 Corinthians 15, 17, and 18. Here's why we have faith. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. When these two angels said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? They were laying the foundation for what Paul was saying later. If Christ didn't rise from the dead, he's saying our faith is vain. All of the Christians who have died before, it says they are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. But praise God, Jesus did rise from the dead on Easter Sunday morning. Praise God, the people who died as Christians, they have not perished, but they're in eternal life in heaven. They have eternal life in heaven. Acts chapter 2, verse 24. Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of them. It was impossible for sin and death to hold Jesus in that sepulcher. Impossible. Because God is holy. By the power of his holiness, he was resurrected. Revelation chapter 1 verse 18. This is Jesus speaking. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Jesus has the keys of who goes into hell, and he also has the keys of who can have eternal life once they physically die. He has the keys of hell and death. Luke chapter 24, verse 6. These are the angels speaking to the women. He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee? Now the angels, they're bringing the women back into remembrance. They're saying to them, do you remember when Jesus was up in Galilee, how he told he would die, how he informed you that he had to go to the cross, but he also said that he would rise from the dead? Psalms 30 verse 5, but his anger endureth for a moment, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. As this great idea and truth settle into their minds and their hearts, you know these women had a great joy. And the nighttime was when Jesus was on the cross, but now the morning of Easter Sunday is here. Joy comes in the morning. Weeping endures for the night, but now the weeping is past. Jesus has died, and now the joy that was set before him is with us. Mark 16, verse 6. And he said unto them, Be not affrighted. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. The Gospel of Mark is saying, the angel is talking to them and saying, he's risen. Look, it's empty. The tomb is empty. Romans 1 verse 4. 
This is how Jesus had the power to overcome death and declare to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of Holiness by the resurrection from the dead. None of us in this room can resurrect ourselves because we don't have the Holy Spirit of Holiness. Only Jesus has this. And that's how he resurrected from the dead. Point number three, the believer's confident hope. If you're a believer today, you can have confident hope that when you die and pass into eternity, you will be in the presence of Jesus. Luke 24, verse 7, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. Here the angel is summarizing the gospel message to these ladies. He's saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. But on the third day he would rise again. Let's look at Mark 14, 58. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. Remember, the angel is telling the ladies, remember what Jesus has told you. Here is a specific instance where Jesus was saying, this temple will be destroyed. The people listening were thinking he was talking about the physical temple that had taken 50, 60 years to build. It was the biggest structure in Jerusalem. One side was 1,000 feet long. It's a huge complex. And Herod built it, a huge building project. And many of the people are thinking, he's going to destroy this temple and rebuild it in three days? Impossible. But Jesus was speaking of his physical body. It says, within three days, I will build another made without hands. See, that temple in Jerusalem was made with physical hands. Jesus' resurrection from the dead was made without hands. That was made by the Holy Spirit. Luke 24, 46 and 47. And said unto them, Thus it is written, And thus it behoved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Do you see the tie there? We have to have repentance for remission of sins. But Jesus died and was resurrected to remit our sins, to wash away our sins, to cover our sins with his blood, to take away the sin penalty, which is hell. That was the reason Jesus went to the cross. That's why we call him Savior. But we must repent to receive eternal life. John 2, verse 18 and 19. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, they are speaking to Jesus, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Here Jesus is specifically saying, If you kill my body, I will raise it up. Look at how Jesus answers them. He says, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. They're thinking about the physical temple. Jesus is talking about his body 
dying on the cross, and being resurrected on Easter Sunday morning. Luke chapter 24, verse 8. And they remembered his words. Now these ladies, they're thinking about all the things that Jesus had said. And they're putting two and two together. And they realize Jesus is indeed alive. Many times when we think back on events in our life, when we're going through the event, we don't totally understand all of its meaning. But at some point in the future, when we reflect back on that activity, then it all comes together. Then we have a better understanding. And that's exactly what's happening with these women. And they remembered his words. Let's look at Mark chapter 9, verse 31 and verse 32. For he taught his disciples and said unto them, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. But they understood not that saying, and were afraid to ask him. Here Jesus is telling them he's going to die, but in three days he's going to rise from the dead. And his disciples are hearing this. But this verse says they don't understand and they're afraid to, maybe out of embarrassment, we don't know why, to really go and ask Jesus to explain it further. But now after the event and these women are looking back and remembering after the angel says, remember his words, now they're putting two and two together. Mark 16 verse 7. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him as he said unto you. So now, this verse, the angel is telling them, go back to the disciples and specifically go back and tell Peter. Remember, Peter had denied Jesus three times and his heart is heavy. And do you see how God so loves Peter? How God so loves the sinner? He has this angel and instructs the angel to tell these women, go back and share the good news with the disciples, but specifically tell Peter. And then they will go into Galilee. Remember, Galilee is approximately 100 miles north of Jerusalem and that's where the Holy Spirit will come I'll read that verse again mark 16 verse 7 but go your way tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee there shall you see him as he said unto you and Jesus did say that in the Gospels he said after he was resurrected he would see them in Galilee Acts chapter 11, verse 16. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Let's go back to Luke chapter 24, verse 9. These are the ladies, and returned from the sepulcher, and told all these things unto the eleven, and to all the rest. So now the women... They obey the angel. 
and they go back and tell the apostles all the good news that they have to share. Mark 16, 8. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Put yourselves in the shoes of these women. They have just seen at least two, possibly three angels. The angels have instructed them that Jesus is resurrected, the one whom they love the most. And now they have the duty to go back and share this good news with the apostles and other disciples. And yet part of them is so happy and filled with joy and another part is fearful because they have just been in the presence of an angel, but they also know that the authorities will not look kindly upon Jesus being resurrected. Remember, they just put Jesus to death on the cross. So they have very mixed emotions. John chapter 20, verse 2. This is speaking of Mary Magdalene. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. This verse seems to indicate that Mary Magdalene was separate from the other women. And if she was there, perhaps she went ahead back to the apostles. Because she's saying, they have taken the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. But the angel told the other ladies that he is risen. Do you see, you have to read all the Gospels to really get an accurate account. The fourth point today, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Do you believe that today? Yes, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But we can have simple faith, just like a child. And remember, there's evidence, much evidence, that Jesus is risen from the dead. Luke 24, verse 10. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. So in reading these Gospels, it looks like there's a minimum of five women. Here we have Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James. Mary, the mother of James, you see a definition there. She's called the last, James the last. There were two James apostles. And also of Joseph and Simon and Judas, the brethren, or the kinsmen of Christ. This Mary being the wife of Cleophas, said to be the brother of Joseph, the husband of Mary, the mother of our Lord. So this was a very tight group here. Salome was there. She was the wife of Zebedee and the mother of the other James and John. So there was James the greater and James the lesser. So Salome is the mother of James the greater. Mark 16.1 gives us a little bit more information. And when the Sabbath was passed, Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. Bought. They went to the store to buy them. And now they're coming so that they can anoint Jesus. 
Luke 8, 3, tells us who Joanna is. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. While Jesus was alive, being a missionary, they were providing him with funds so that he could do his ministry. What a blessing to be able to give to the Lord when he was walking on the earth. Remember Mary, Martha, and Lazarus? Jesus would come and stay at their house when he was tired. What a privilege to serve the Lord like that. But you know, today, we can still serve the Lord. Through our tithe, we're supporting his ministry, and it's all for the kingdom. Luke 24, verse 11. And their words seemed as idle tales, and they believed them not. So these women, they go back to the apostles, and they tell them this great news. And look at it, it says, And their words, the women's words, seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. They were not convinced that Jesus had risen from the dead. Let's look at John chapter 20, verse 31. This is why we need to have faith. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. That's why we believe. That's why we have to have faith. We can't have eternal life without this faith. Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Jesus' gospel is for everybody. He's no respecter of persons. Even though Jesus was from the tribe of Judah, and being Jewish, his gospel message is also for the Gentile. And we're not afraid, we're not ashamed of this gospel, because this is where God's power for eternal life comes from. The last verse for today, Romans 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We receive our faith in Jesus by hearing the true word. That's why it's important for little children to hear the word of God. Because that little child who is not defiled by the sin of the world, they are hearing the pure Holy Spirit's power speaking to them. Even for adults, who were deep into sin. Remember Mary Magdalene had seven demons in her. And she did many vile things. God saved her. There is no one beyond redemption. For Jesus, he died for all people. For God so loved the world. The world. Not just Americans. But Russians, Chinese South Americans, Africans, Australians, anywhere on the globe. Jesus died for all of us. And perhaps there's somebody here today where you have not said, Jesus, please save me. I turn my back on all of the sin 
in my life. What a great day to be saved on Easter Sunday. There is probably no better day to be saved than on Easter Sunday. Well, let's pray before we have the closing song. Jesus, we do thank you for going to the cross and proving you are God. Lord, just let your power be in our lives. Let your Holy Spirit manifest itself greatly and that we be clean vessels before you for your kingdom. And Father, we thank you that your son, so precious, went to the cross for us. And Holy Spirit, that you're here with us today. And Lord, don't let us quench you this week, but let us live in the power of your holiness. And we ask all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen. For love to thee, O Christ.